Hi, everybody. Welcome to Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford, sitting next to the one and only Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. And Wes, to continue our discussion from yesterday, the aftermath of this Packers-Rams game, 29-27 at the L.A. Coliseum. Certainly the toughest and most frustrating loss for the Packers thus far in 2018 and uh, Mike McCarthy made no bones about it in his press conference on Monday it was a very emotional locker room this was a team that put everything they had into this game they expected to win the game they felt they had an opportunity to win it at the end which then they didn't get that opportunity obviously because of the fumble guys were upset and uh Quite frankly, Mike McCarthy was okay with that because the alternative means that guys don't care. And so if there's emotions running hot back and forth and whatever, okay, you let 24, 48 hours go by and everybody gets over it. But uh, but this is a tough one to get over. It is because, again, the, the team played well, and because of that there's going to be frustration and disappointment when you can't you know achieve what is – the biggest goal, which was walking out of there with a victory. So to some extent, I think that's what you expect. Now, the important thing for the Packers is resetting this week and, yeah. and being able to, to set the focus on the Patriots, being able to set the focus on where they want this team to go here through the month of November. Uh, to, you know, and, and you heard it in a lot of voices. Obviously, we weren't in the locker room, but when players came out, most of them, if not all of them, were uh, you know available and, and talking to the media. And the biggest comment that came along with that and what guys were echoing was that they played a game well enough to win. So now what do you do? How do you reset, you know, being able to calibrate yourself to now trying to beat, you know, an even more difficult opponent in an even more hostile environment yeah. uh, against a veteran quarterback that's seen and done it all? That's where I think the you have to push this thing forward. Understanding the emotions that got into it, the players and their, their thoughts and feelings, it's all going to come with it with a 53-man roster. But can you get that back together and now go into Gillette Stadium looking for a really big victory? Yeah, we talked about uh, back when the schedule came out, how tough a stretch of schedule this was going to be. And, you know, the way that Rams game ended on Sunday – this is the type of week you'd really like to be coming back and playing a home game. I don't care who the opponent is. Right. And it's not just about going on the road to Gillette Stadium and facing Brady and the Patriots. And we'll talk uh, later in the week about uh, more specifically about the opponent. But the bottom line is the Packers are 0-3 on the road, and they just laid it all on the line on the road against the best team in football, and they still came up short. You'd love to have a home game this week to circle the wagon, so to speak, get back above 500, all of that kind of stuff. That's not the reality. The reality is they have to go on the road again. They have to try to get their first road win of the season and get this thing turned around. And uh, the task just doesn't get any tougher than what they're facing right now. They have to bottle that energy. Kenny Clark was asked after the game, too, about, you know, this is, you know, they, they played up to their competition with the Los Angeles Rams, and they also had some games there against Washington and Detroit that, I mean, I believe they were favored to win those and not being able to come out on the, the winning end. So it's about continuing to have that consistency, that level of sense of urgency every single week. I'm sure it's going to be there again against New England because of who the opponent is. Right. But it's going to have to be there against Seattle and CenturyLink. It's going to have to be there when they go you know, into Soldier Field. They have to be able, and U.S. Bank Stadium, I mean, 
those are opponents, especially down the line here, that are going to really dictate where this season goes for the Packers. The, the one thing that I thought was positive that did come out of it was the fact that they could see what they could do against one of the best, if not the best, team in football. I don't think there would be as much debate, Mike. If the Packers could have had that performance against Washington, against Detroit, the way they protected the football for a majority of the game, the way they were able to string together series and defensive stops, they come out victorious in those other two road games. But again, the frustrating part that factors into it is that it, they just didn't against you know the team that's right now the front runner in the NFC. Yeah, well, the continuing discussion uh, sticking point, I guess you want to call it, with this game was the way it ended with Ty Montgomery's fumble on the kickoff with two minutes to go, kickoff return with two minutes to go, which prevented Aaron Rodgers from getting the one last possession down by two, only needing a field goal to win. Montgomery did not address the media after the game on Sunday. He did address the media in the Packers locker room on Monday. There's been a lot of stuff swirling around in terms of his motivations and his decision, he came out and said, basically explained that he wasn't sure exactly where the ball was going to land, so he made a split-second decision to just take it and run and not put the game in the official's hands. Um, Still questionable judgment and everything like that, but he expressed a lot of dismay at any suggestion as to his motives or his commitment to the team. And Mike McCarthy certainly didn't go down that road either and just said, hey, he made a mistake. We've all been there. Nobody feels worse than the guy who made a mistake. It's time for this team to move on. And that's really what the Packers have to do here. It's time to move on. Yeah, it is, Mike. And now you look at, I thought one of the more powerful things that came out of the Monday locker room, I was in a small group there with Tremont Williams, and he mentioned that after the game in the L.A. Coliseum visiting locker room, he actually went up to, uh, Ty Montgomery, a story that Montgomery co- uh, collaborated on, corroborated, excuse me, um, and said, you know, just gave him some words, you know, that, that things are going to be okay. And, and yeah, this is a low point right now, but we've all been there. Tremont Williams said he's been there. He's needed, you know, teammates to pick him up too. And Montgomery mentioned some of the conversations they had really hadn't, some of it had nothing to do with football. It was a bigger picture yeah. than that. And understanding that a mistake was made and, and you have to move on from it. I, I think the, the most, the most, the toughest thing for me listening to Montgomery discuss this was kind of talking about sort of the outside perception of this. It's unfortunate in the age of social media where things yeah, are are at in that regard. And it is totally just, uncalled for. It's not the Montgomery situation either. I, I just feel like whether it's Twitter, Facebook, all these things, and certainly there are certain aspects to it that are positive, but the idea that people can just sit behind an account and anonymously. Uh, rip on people and it almost feels to me like and the way we are at right now in society it's just that we're almost looking for reasons to rag on people (laughs) and to bring people down and I think that's unfortunate I think it needs to be about trying to bring people up and and understand people's perspectives on life and and how they view things I I just I sat down uh, last night even when I was working on Insider Inbox and was thinking about how I was going to approach this show today with some of these topics. And, you know, I'm, I'm a dad now. You're a dad. Yep. Uh, like, there's just a part of me that gets a little nervous about that for what our kids, my kid, is the world, the way this thing is going. Because we were about 10 years into this technological era right now, and I don't know, man. I, I It's... 
there's certain things of it that are really disappointing. It's a game. The Packers lost. Everyone feels terrible about it. Yeah. But I don't know if you can call yourself a fan. I don't know if you can call yourself a human um, for some of the things that came out on social media after that game. That's yeah, my I don't. Two I, cents. I, I'm 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 with you. I'm with you 100% here, Wes. And I I certainly share Montgomery's um, despair at at the state of humanity. And he's talking about obviously a portion of humanity, not yep, right. not not everyone for here, sure. but. Um, I personally don't understand um, how it how it makes anybody feel better to throw something at somebody on social media, even if, whether it's a, a threat that you're actually never going to follow through on. Or, but if that's what you have to do to feel better about your favorite team losing a game, I, I'm so I just I I feel sorry for you. Then. Yeah. I mean. All of us, all of us are fans of one team or another, or multiple teams, whatever it is. There are there are tough losses to deal with every single year. That's but but that's that's part of being a fan, and and uh, everybody's going to have their own way of dealing with things, and to 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 take it out on other people just to try to feel better about it. I just I I, I don't get it. It's really disappointing. Um, I get it. It's frustrating. It is disappointing. I wrote about it in inbox. Uh, you can feel all those emotions, but to convey that kind of message um, was disheartening to me because I just don't, uh, I don't get what, I don't quite understand what leads to someone feeling like that's right. Yeah. But be that as it may, uh, the Packers have to put that in the rear view right now. They need to, you know, get this locker room, you know, uh, on the same page, get them on the same page of the field. And to what Mike Daniels' original point was on Sunday afternoon, they have to tighten up what needs to be tightened up. It's all about the Patriots now. they got to put this behind them. They have to learn from it and try to once again uh, kind of get on a run here during a really difficult stretch of games. Yeah, well, uh, before we move on to some of those other topics, uh, right here, Wes, it's time to enter the Cousin Subs Best Seats in the House promotion you and a guest could win a chance to kick back on the 50-yard line in style. Two pairs of lucky Packers fans will be chosen prior to each home game for this VIP experience. Enter daily now through December 16 by completing the entry form and submitting for complete rules and eligibility. Go to Packers.com slash best seats, cousin subs. We believe in better. Okay, you look at this game against the Rams, Wes. We talked about a little bit on yesterday's show, and it bears repeating. Mike McCarthy certainly emphasized it as well. That performance by rookie cornerback Jair Alexander, yeah. wow. I mean, what can you say? This is, and, uh, you know, no offense to the Buffalo Bills, but this wasn't against the Buffalo Bills. This was against the Los Angeles yeah. Rams and one of the top offenses in this league. And he took a speedy, big-time playmaking wide receiver in Brandon Cooks, eight targets, three catches. Now, three for 74 yards. 74 yards is pretty good, but... Brandon Cooks, he didn't make any back-breaking plays in this game, and for him to have only three catches on eight targets, it's a huge credit to Alexander. Yeah, it is. And he even mentioned during the week that he was this was he was getting up for this matchup. It was something that really excited him. He had a good idea that he'd be coming back from the hamstring injury. I love the comment that Kevin King made after the game when he was asked about it. Like, I don't know what film they were watching to think <laughs> that they were going to be able to throw on him the way that they, you know, as far well, as well. Partly as there isn't targets. necessarily enough film on him because right. he missed a couple games with injury. He hadn't played, and then he that obviously the Packers it. had the bye week, so they maybe they hadn't seen a whole lot of. of of, uh, of what he had done, although 
the interception against Minnesota that got overturned on the Clay yeah, Matthews thing. Sure. And all. I mean, this guy has this guy has made some plays in his limited time, and then he made a bunch of them in L.A. Talking with Tremont Williams too at his locker on Monday, he mentioned like people look at him and they you know they they bring up the height thing, but they don't really understand like. He is a big guy. Like he actually has some weight to him. He has some size to him. It allowed him to be able to drop his shoulders and make an you know an open field tackle on uh, Cooks for, I think it was maybe a gain of one something like yeah, that. Yeah, one of those jet game. sweeps or yeah. whatever that they ran. Yeah. He's he was all over the place and his ball skills, man. I mean, he just the way he's able to track the football. Uh, he he can press man at the line of scrimmage. We saw him jam. Uh, cooks a couple times he can stay with them on slants he has long arms he can you know be able to get in on some of those pass deflections five pbus in this game i pbus is an interesting statistic it's kind of hard to be able to find up last time win so i really don't know the last time we had a game where uh, someone registered that many but i mean we're in a league right now where if you can get 15 in the season i think that's pretty darn good yeah if you if you average one a week for an entire yeah. season that that ends up being a pretty good number and close to the top of the league usually yeah so for alexander to do that coming out of the gate being down for two and a half weeks it was pretty impressive to me to see him put that stretch together dude here's the thing about alexander too the packers need him they they need that presence in this defense because you saw with that package that Penton was using i don't know the name of it so for the last of a better term, I'm going to refer to it as a nitro package still, which was a term that Dom Capers used to describe as a safety in the box with the inside linebacker. In this case, it was mostly Jermaine Whitehead. Right. So six defensive backs on the field. Tremont Williams talked about it too. What they were able to do in terms of moving some of those per- personnel pieces, Williams worked in some of the slot. They were able to move those guys around because of their versatility. I think if this defense is going to be what they need it to be this second half of the season, Jair Alexander in his flexibility and his playmaking ability from that position is going to be paramount because yeah. as you need your pass rushers, you need your boundary cornerbacks, but with the way that this league has gone now, Mike, you need a – playmaker in the slot of those nickel packages with how much you're playing it the Packers look to have found one of those in Jair Alexander yeah now there's a lot being made by some others with the fact that essentially Alexander was playing outside corner in this game against Cooks and Tremont Williams moved into the slot I'm not going to read into that too much in terms of it being some kind of a permanent change because I think this was all about putting Alexander on Cooks. It was matching him. It was it was yep. matching him because because of Cooks' size and speed and shiftiness and big playability. They felt Alexander was the guy who and he had, can make plays had to be on Cooks, and then yeah. Petten essentially adjusted the rest of the defense from right. there. And you had uh, um, you had Kevin King primarily on Robert Woods, the other outside receiver. I think. You know, we we talked about it last week, getting those top four cornerbacks ready or available, I should say, healthy and available to play. Seeing King and Alexander on the field together in coverage, I think that tandem is just what makes this Mm -hmm. defense look different. Yeah. Um, because we saw King miss some some time earlier in the year. We saw Alexander miss some time. Those two guys, as your young up-and-coming cornerbacks. You can call them both first-round picks, even though technically Kevin King was the top pick in the second round. Yeah. But essentially, your top draft picks of the last two years at the same position. When those guys are on the field together, this defense looks different. Yeah, they're a yin and yang when you look at their skill sets, their size, what they offer to the table. And another thing Tremont Williams said, too, when you, the way that Alexander carries himself, his boisefulness uh, at only 21 years old, um, 
Kelly Mike McCarthy said he walked through the door with a ton of confidence yeah, and that the he thing could play I, in this league. But what I really like about it, Mike, and I've said this to you a number of times now, is that it doesn't. it's not just predicated on him having five pass breakups in a game or being able to match against a Pro Bowl-type receiver like Cooks. The Packers lose a game. He still has that confidence. Yeah. If he gets beat, he still has that confidence. It's not false. It's not synthesized. It isn't something that he just walks into the mirror and really just gets himself all riled up. It's just who he is. Mm -hmm. And he's 21 years old. It's a 21-year-old rookie cornerback that they said, you know what, there's Brandon Cooks over there. You stay on him. You follow him. That's going to be your responsibility. He's like, all right, cool. I'm ready for it. (laughs) Yeah. Williams said it, one of the last things he said, he hasn't really been around a rookie like this before, but he said it's going to make him a great player in this league for this team for a long time, and it's going to make him a great leader too because he walks the walk, he talks the talk, and he's able to back it up. And if something goes wrong, he admits to it. You know, if something doesn't work out for him, he says he's going to learn from it. And he has the short enough memory that it isn't going to dictate how he plays the next play. Josh Jackson, Jair Alexander, Kevin King – that is the focal point right now for the secondary. They've invested the resources into it, and they're starting to see some of it pay dividends. Yeah, maybe one of my favorite moments in this early stages here of Alexander's career was being asked about getting his first career interception taken away on the Clay Matthews thing, and he's just like, "Well, I'll get some more." Yeah, <laughs> you know, and he's he's it's it it's not a line. It's no. just it it just those that response is in him. It comes naturally to him. He just he believes in his ability. I think he can be he can be a huge player in this defense, especially paired with Kevin King for for a long time. Right. And it's neat because I think there is a really thin line between confidence and arrogance. Yep. But if you can straddle that, if you can stay on the side of confidence... He straddles it about as well as anybody. But you know it, Mike. Mm -hmm. The best cornerbacks that have ever played this game know that line, they edge near that line, and they stay on that line. And I think that's the thing that's impressive about Alexander. He just has a mentality that he's just going to dominate. No matter what happens, you get him once, he'll be right back in your face the next play. And I like the fact he talks, too. Uh, there was a couple times throughout that game you could see him jibber jabbering with Cooks and, oh, yeah. and being able to you know sort of sort of, I don't want to say I, you know you don't know what's said in those settings but you could just see that whatever he was saying he believed it <laughs> so uh, I, I just think that um, I, as I said on yesterday's show there was there it, it's a tough game it's a frustrating game and it's tough to to be able to put it behind you and, and move forward but it was one of the positives I drew from it is that mm. if this kid stays healthy, if everything works out with the soft tissue injuries he's been playing through earlier this year, he has the chance to be a really big playmaker in this defense. Yeah. One other thing I want to get to before we go today, Wes, and that's uh, shifting things to the offensive side of the ball. We saw the offense kind of go through some fits and starts again. Now, the Los Angeles Rams is an undefeated team with a very good defense. They had a lot to do with that, and this wasn't, to me, it didn't feel like the same sort of fits and starts we've seen against other teams where sure. you're questioning you know, the quality of, of the defense that you're facing. But that being said, if there's one bugaboo here still with this Packers offense, it's on third down. Sorry, bugaboo. I like you, don't, that. you don't like that word. Sorry. Okay. I like it. I like but, it. But we talked about it yesterday. Two for nine on third down. You still put up twenty-seven points against one of the best yeah. teams in the league. If you convert a couple more third downs, who knows where you are in this game? Now, the two third down conversions were the big passes to Devontae Adams, but all week long the Packers had talked about and through the bye week. 
talked about staying out of third and longs. They'd been in way too many of the third and 11 pluses. I think they only had one of those third and 11 pluses in this game. There were a lot of manageable third downs, some third and twos and third and fives, and they just still couldn't convert. That that's the that to me that's the one last step for this offense to get to where it needs to be to try to make a run here is when you're in third and five, when you're in third and three, you got to convert it. It's the bugaboo. Yeah. I mean, uh, no, I, <laughs> I like that word. I'll be saying that one now for the next four shows. Um, it is. It's exactly where it's at. And I think one thing that can really help them is, okay, Randall Cobb's back now. You have Geronimo Allison back. You're using a lot more receivers. Right. You're rotating guys. You're using a lot of different packages. I do think that's going to help in I the I think that's going to be big. And, and they just got to learn from it. I mean, there's just – I go back to something Jordy Nelson always said. Uh, and it wasn't a uh, like this this really attractive answer that ended up in the headline of everybody's story the next day. But when things like this would happen, Jordy would stand at his locker after games, and he said, we just got to get back to work. We have to get to work in practice. We have to get to work in the meeting room. Everybody wanted some highfalutin term that, that was just going to solve everything. The and, magic bean. Yeah, magic bean. <laughs> I mean, just, just some some rhetoric that's like, okay, well, now now we're good. It, it's Everything's good now. He said this. It's, everything's going to change. Yeah, it doesn't matter what you say. Yeah, it matters what's going on in the meeting room twelve hours a day during the week. And and I always thought Nelson was very perceptive when he said that stuff. If the Packers are going to fix the third down thing, it has to happen in practice. It has to happen in the meeting room. You have to break down the film and figure out where the lapses are yep. and correct them. Yeah. And then you know what? When it gets corrected the following Sunday, if something goes well, if you actually start succeeding in that area, people will be looking for the same rhetoric about, oh, what amazing thing happened this week that you guys changed it. You studied. Yeah. It's not, it's not hey, somebody they wore a, a special it. hat or a nice outfit or, or something like that. That Oh, well, that, that just changed the tide of everything. <laughs> no. It's literally sitting down, figuring it's out what getting, you didn't do well. And you know what, Mike? It's getting to do work. Do it better. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's getting it. to work. I, 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 the Packers showed so much progress on Sunday in Los Angeles. There's more progress to come. And third down on offense is just one example. There's other things on special teams and other other issues we'll talk about. There's more progress to come. Mike McCarthy sees it. He they're studying the film. They're gonna see you even in the best game they played so far this year. They're gonna see where they can be better. Yep. That's what the focus is this week. Totally. And to not diminish you know diminish the original point. You can't. You are not going to get a 40-yard Devontae Adams play every time to bail you out of those right. situations. You exactly. have to convert on them. You have to improve on them. Exactly. It's just that the reality of it is it all starts here, what happens out there. Yeah, I agree with you. With that, we're going to call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team on Packers.com. On Twitter, you can still find him at Wes Hod. I'm at Mike Spofford at Packers for the team account. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. See you next time. <laughs>